For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In 2018, my picks and the president's coming right up. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. That's my normal time. It's what I'm on today. Sometimes I move around for UGA sports, but uh, I'm here with a good three hours and I'm going to need it all because we have, uh, this is my normal kind of beginning of the year show, looking ahead at 2018 I'm going to tell you what I think uh, is going on, which is actually good because it's kind of a slow news week. I always notice that this holiday week is pretty slow news week. And, uh, and I always think of it the way uh, Bink- my producer Binkley's here. Binkley, did you ever hear the, the statistic that when doctors go on strike, the mortality rate goes down, people stop dying? Oh, I don't think your mic's on. You got to turn your mic on. Um, but the yeah, so what happens is the mortality rate goes down when the doctors go on strike and it goes up again when the doctors come back to work. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so so the when DC goes on vacation, I've noticed that like bad stuff stops happening. The newspaper's like a few pages long. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just and there's just it's no coincidence. The doctors, I guess, have an excuse because uh, they don't do they put off surgeries that they don't absolutely have to do when they actually have to do them. They do save your lives. I, I really don't think that DC starting back up again is going to do any good. But in any case, <laughs> we are going to talk about what we think they might be doing coming up. And it's not really so much that uh, I I have predictions like a, uh, you know, a crystal ball. It's more that I see trends starting, uh, long-term trends for many years or just emerging right now. And what I think they're, uh, the ones that I think are going to have some legs and keep going and what the significance is of it. I've had some, a pretty good uh, history of a pretty good track record. And maybe later in the show, Binkley and I can talk about the things that we predicted along the way that really, Binkley had some great ones. Like you saw that Colin Kaepernick thing, you saw that taking a knee, turning into taking a chair, turning into taking down the flags, like minute one. That was pretty impressive, I thought. I just read the communist playbook and <laughs> saw it playing out. It, it's true. Like the, uh, the these methods of mass manipulation have been kind of recycled over and over again over the past probably hundred years. And if you're even a little bit of a of a student of kind of deep history i call it you can see these patterns emerging see the tricks of the trade and that's all we're really doing is looking at what what seems obvious once you have that once the scales have fallen from your eyes so i want to get to as many as i can today i know binkley has some i'd love to hear what yours are kind of what to watch out for i have a i have a hashtag 
WTWOF. What to watch out for 2018. So you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show or call in with your ideas 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. So actually, I sometimes I don't even get to all of them. So I want to just start out with some of my big ones right out of the box. And uh, and then we'll get to some tweets and stuff. So for me, the biggest story of 2018 obviously the the a big the biggest one of the biggest things or the biggest political thing is going to be the 2018 elections of course but i saw uh with the john ossoff karen handel and then with the jeff sessions seat that roy moore lost jeff sessions got a 97 percent of the popular vote as a republican in that senate seat and ultimately it was lost to a democrat so that follows what when they talked about uh, hashtag flip the sixth for the Ossoff election, I immediately saw the bigger picture there, which is flip the South. And I feel like part of that agenda is also this attack. I actually think they promoted having Confederate flags on public property just, I mean, for years. I think it was a years long kind of plot to promote the presence of flags on public, like government-owned property, Confederate flags, so they can make a big thing of taking them down. So I feel like the South is being uh, targeted for flipping. I also think rural areas are being targeted for flipping. And by flipping, I mean taking the uh, red areas and turning them blue, taking Republican strongholds and making them Democrat strongholds. Even if it didn't actually change the party vote, as if you if it just gets people to forget about their dedication or their parents' dedication, their their regional traditional dedication to the founding principles of this country, uh, they they're just trying to. It's just this a years long, decades long, century long effort to switch the American system from individualism based to collectivism based. And they've made a lot of progress. This is the last push. It's kind of what Obama said. He wanted to fundamentally transform this country. And I feel like he couldn't get it done. But the big pendulum swing we're seeing might just be the thing. And the rural states are also being targeted from all points of view, from uh, the infrastructure inroads that are targeting them, healthcare is targeting them, the drug epidemic is targeting them, um, uh, getting guys to leave there uh, for military service or uh, people to go to college uh, outside of those areas. There's a big article, and I think the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, that the rural areas are being targeted to get people to basically go to liberal universities to break that mindset. It's kind of crazy. So that's what I think. I call that flip the flyover states, flip the flyovers. But it totally juxtaposes with what I think will actually happen. I feel like that is a very superficial movement and that in reality, so this divisiveness, this increasing divisiveness where the Democrats are going to come on strong in these Republican strongholds belies what is actually a convergence of policy that we're going to see more and more from a policy point of view. There's only one party, really. And I had it written down as speculative. But when I read today the transcript of Trump's interview with The New York Times, he said it for me. This is what he said. I'm going to read his words. It said, uh, 
the Democrats should come to me on infrastructure. They should come to me, which they have come to me on DACA. We are working. We're trying to do something about it. And they should definitely come to me on health care because we can do bipartisan health care. We can do bipartisan infrastructure and we can do bipartisan DACA. This is what Trump is calling for. So for me, that's not good. That's not draining the swamp. You know, that's that's something else entirely. And uh, so I just think what you see is not always what you get. Uh, and that, you know, he's a he's a pragmatist. A lot of people like that he's a pragmatist. He's not an ideologue. He's not going to fall on a sword for principles like, say, Ron Paul would do. But when you have a pragma- pragmatic, tell-it-like-it-is guy, uh, you have to, if that is instead of principles, then you have to know what his interests are, what his goals are, because that's what you're going to get. It's not going to be um, what you kind of expect from at least political rhetoric, which is ideology. So there's there's some big stuff, and that's only two. I have 20. <laughs> so I know I'm not going to get to 20. And as a matter of fact, I want to get to some of yours. So let's do some tweets. Let me just say the number again, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And I think, Binkley, what I tweeted out uh, kind of solicited some comments I, I didn't just say, what do you expect from 2018? I had, uh, I feel like we've been um, given this kind of se- seasons of a reality show. I feel like that the, the actually deeper policy issues are continue to be masked by these diversions, the distractions of the big news stories, which are so often quite superficial. And that, uh, so like the first season was the campaign. Then the second season was the election. And the third season, which was this year, was Russia. And I want to know what people think. The fourth season, season four, coming now. I'm, I'm actually very interested, Binkley, in what you think about that. But let's get a couple of tweets, and then you tell me what you think. What, what's going to be the theme of, of season four of this reality show that the mainstream media spins for us week after week? Alpha tweets that it's going to be indictments. Interesting. That would fit the bill because it tends to be like with the hashtag Me Too with the sexual harassment stuff. These really distraction issues tend to be highly personal. Uh, They have, uh, you know, kind of negativity, kind of gossipy. So indictments would really fit the bill. Anything else? Yeah. Casey's mom says it's going to be the same old, same old. Same old say. Casey's mom is a disillusioned Trump supporter. So she was very, she used to argue with me a lot. I would say Trump doesn't talk about the Bill of Rights, doesn't talk about principles. She she thought I was just negative. I think Casey's, Casey's mom, if I'm putting words in your mouth, you should call. I feel like you're <laughs> anonymous there. Uh, or tweet. I'm happy to um, to be corrected. So, but Binkley, what's your, what's your take on season four? I think season four is going to be the call to liberals that this is our last chance to stop the evil that's taken over the country and they will have their hopes lifted and then destroyed by repeated stories of smoking gun Russian collusion evidence and it'll come to a peak boiling point towards the end of the year. Yeah, I I believe that. As a matter of fact, as soon as you pointed out to me, because I also think of these seasons as, or these years as always having a dialectic. So the black versus blue dialectic, the Antifa versus neo-Nazi dialectic, the predator versus women dialectic. And then this year, I feel like it'll be Democrat versus Republican dialectic. And that the kind of slogan for every single 
campaign in 2018 is going to be, are you a Democrat or are you evil? <laughs> and they're really going to target the millennials. They're going to target young people. So uh, the underlying identity issue without actually coming out to saying is going to be kind of age based. That's that's how I yeah. see it. But that's a lot to cover. We have a lot more. Uh, oh, I'm going to get to your calls right after this. Lots of great calls. 800 WSB Talk, 404 750 You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's a man house! A man house! On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am back. It is the high today is forecast at 50 and 34 is the forecast low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, I am talking about what I expect to be the kind of continuing themes or rising themes of 2018. I want to know what you think. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Stuart in Sandy Springs. Hi, Stuart. You're on with Monica. Terrific. Thank you very much. Judging by what I saw at Charlottesville, who was armed, who was carrying military weapons, my thought is the alternate right and the Nazis are going to make this country violent and uh, answer their political problems with weapons. That's interesting because Binkley, my producer, we were just talking at the break. Didn't you say you thought it was the left that was going to resort to violence, Binkley? Are we being set up for both sides? Not used to it, but... No, I think think that the right is setting it up, you know, with what you said today, calling, you know, using name calling with the colleges and stuff like that. They're creating more ill will. And by doing that, the alternate right think they have a right to turn to violence and their foolishness that that will uh, enforce the Constitution. Hold on. I think I don't understand. You're saying what I said, name calling on campus? Yeah, you call well. You, well, you call the liberal colleges as if they're going to switch people around from being Republican to Democrat. That's and what I read. Cool. I read an yeah. article in the Wall Street Journal saying that they were actually well, trying intentionally to kind of reach out to the Trump supporters from rural America because they felt that they'd been neglected by these so institutions. Colleges as you know, a destroyer of the Constitution, and that's not what colleges are. You're creating a sense of evil there. And when the more people hear that, the more they think it's all right to react violently. You're and saying you look, I'm provoking, I'm yeah, trying to incite violence? I'm calling earlier with what? the colleges. You're say, you think that, that there are no liberal colleges? There are also conservative parts but of the But the liberal colleges talking? are the ones that are targeting rural America, according no, to this article no, that I cited. No. That's what now the article said. Yeah, but we know the Wall Street Journal got bought out by uh, Fox. And I so, am not trying to create ill will. Let's so, just say it's not right to impute base motives on me because I am absolutely not. I'm okay, really so trying to say what I you, think. I will say that the right-wing paper is continually creating a sense of ill will, that there's an undercurrent, there's a secret society trying to destroy the Constitution, and it's not there. I will tell you this. To the extent that I... Uh, I agree with you. I think it's on both sides, though. I think there is a dialectic, and we're always in the grips of a dialectic. There's this book I've referred to many times, The Ideology of Tyranny. And it talks about how 
creating ill will on both sides keeps us at each other's throats so we can't look up and see who really is destroying the Constitution. And it's a force above the parties. And it does things like take uh, encroaches on the Fourth Amendment. And while we're at each other's throats, we're not joining together and saying, hey, let the states take care of that stuff. Let's keep that at home. In the meanwhile, let's join together and look at the federal government and make sure that they are not taking out uh, uh, the rights that we can all agree on. So I agree with you that there is an intentional fostering of ill will. I definitely am not doing that. I am pointing out what I think it's going to be like, where it's going to come from. And even with the Charlottesville thing, people on both sides, as a matter of fact, the alternative uh, you know, reporting on that is that it was the Antifa who went, that, that it was the, the people on the right who had the permits and the Antifa who were encroaching on them physically. You know what I'm saying? So even if you're right or wrong, it doesn't matter. The infidels, I, I'm confused. I, I know the alternate right were there. I know the neo-Nazis were there. The infidels? Antifa. The Antifa, the anti-fascists, those were the people who provided the counterbalance. They weren't marching with the weapons. They weren't marching with the AR-15s and the helmets and screaming about the Jewish people. See, this is your reciting the propaganda that is targeting no, it's you. No, propaganda. That's a fact. That's what happened. But if you read the, the, the interpretations of both sides, you see that uh, it's set up so that we have a... Um, so you're blaming the, the left wing for the right wing bringing uh, weapons? I'm saying that that entire episode was designed to divide the population, to get at each other's throats. So they have these this propaganda that uh, is directed towards the left to interpret the scene in one way, and they have propaganda that's directed towards the right to interpret the scene in another way so that both sides feel they're right and they and it makes them hate each other more you're actually offering an excellent example of how the dialectic works so instead of you and i agreeing on fighting for the fourth amendment you're telling me it's all it's all the fault of the right and that i'm an instigator which i'm absolutely not so let's uh wow now the phones are lit up we're gonna get some more feedback on that 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK you can tweet at me at monica perez show monica perez and now for something completely different on news 95.5 at am 750 wsb i'm back we are talking about what I want to watch out for in 2018. I gave you a couple of things. I think Flip the South is on the agenda. Flip the Flyover States is on the agenda. Trump goes bipartisan. He said he would go bipartisan on DACA, Obamacare, and infrastructure. I think he might even uh, get a little gun control in there, maybe body armor. I don't know. But I have a, so those are uh, a couple of my expectations. I'll give you two more, then take some tweets and calls. Uh, one, I think that uh, this gang MS-13 will be all in the news. It'll you'll get a lot. It'll get some publicity. It'll foster a general perception of rising crime, which is great for the government. They love that, keeping people scared. Uh, give away your money and your rights to the government when you're scared like that. They uh, they'll use it to use an excuse for gun control uh, or drug control or bring in the wall, maybe. The wall as a compromise on DACA. You've been hearing about that for sure. 
So MS-13 rising is one of my items, and automotive atrocity propaganda is one of my items. We're going to get some kind of big accident. God forbid it's real. Um, I I don't even want to speculate on on the horrible ideas I had of what um, a really, truly terrible situation would be. Maybe they'll just, I hope, simply emphasize that automobile... Uh, Highway deaths are rising, which makes no sense. Highway deaths should not be rising, even when cars went green and lighter and presumably less safe or texts uh, made the scene so that that made cars presumably less safe. Those did not reverse the long-term trend of reduced highway deaths. But for some reason, the past couple of years, they're going up. I think they're really setting the stage to justify driverless cars. The automotive terrorism that I've been uh, predicting for a couple of years is definitely on the rise. I think this is all going towards softening softening us up for the big money that's going to go into switching over to driverless cars and, more important, the autonomy we as Americans would lose because we wouldn't even own the driverless cars likely. It's, it, it, it will probably be on a kind of grid system. In any case, it will be easy to turn off. It's easy to surveil. They have... Um, They actually have to have monitors. You'll know exactly what car is where. So I feel like uh, this is a long-term plan that we're going to see continuing to unfold. That's another two. So if you want to give me a call with yours, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, uh, oh, you know what I tweeted? Another thing I tweeted. I tweeted what do people expect in 2018 or what is the theme of the reality show for 2018? But I also did a little retrospective. I thought it was fun last year we did this, and uh, and this year is fun too. What is, uh, it was a hashtag, hashtag 2017 in four words. Do you have a couple of those tweets for me? I do. We have a lot of those. We got oh, one really? from SRM who says, obvious one-party system. Yep. Obvious one. Well, I think that's what we're going to see looking ahead. Got a great one from... Richard Roberts, it says, double standard justice system. Interesting. Okay. That would be maybe he's referring to a breakdown in the rule of law where some people don't have to face uh, the piper and us, you know, little guys have to uh, get the book thrown at them. Okay, keep going. Or give me one more. All right, we got one more from Rock Connor who says, many fell for Trump. Oh, see, now I feel like. That was a thing that I'm, I'm surprised how few people don't see where this is headed. You know, like that Trump, as I, I used an analogy the other day, you know, my fear has always been that that it's not that the vector is turning, that the arrow, the direction is turning. It's that the arrow is being pulled back to let fly back towards globalism or big government, or whatever, that this is really... Um, another dialectic being set up that we're here that that Trump the reason he is so polarizing is because what they're going for you know assuming that they, I'm so cynical I'm down the rabbit hole whatever and I feel like these things are are kind of orchestrated from above and that the point might be and maybe even Brexit similarly that you get people to fear fear the opposite you know and then overreact so if if they if People in Europe fear that Europe is breaking down and Nazism is on the rise. They'll remember why they joined forces in the first place. So as Brexit 
threatens the unity of the European Union, they will double down and invite actually uh, more union, even though they've had such a hard time with their debt crisis and all that kind of stuff. Something had to spark this resurging devotion to the European Union. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be, you know, he says that people were disillusioned, but I think a lot of people are still uh, true believers. So let's get to some calls. I'm going to Dean incoming. Hi, Dean. You're on with Monica. Whoop. Can you, uh, you know what? Can you click, Crystal, can you click three? I can't seem to click through on Dean. Thank you. Hey, Dean, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I've got a question for you in reference to uh, Flip Georgia. Do you think that the uh, the potential Amazon move could be involved in that? I don't know if you've heard Erickson speak on this. No. What's the What's the premise? Well, he thinks that it's not going to actually create all these jobs in Georgia, but that uh, a, a large number of executives that are that are largely uh, hipsters, I guess is his word. <laughs> Uh, are going to move in with Amazon. That's interesting. I've actually thought that about when they, so when they talk about infrastructure and building roads, and this is great, all I ever think is all you're doing, all it ever did, even Eisenhower and Wilson started it, was open up rural areas to infiltration, not the other way around. It's not them getting out. It's big companies being able to to compete with your local farms and stuff like that. But what you're saying reminds me of something I read in uh, in a little postmortem about the Roy Moore uh, election. I think the Secretary of State of Alabama, John Merrill, um, uh, I think he had a press conference or whatever. Oh, maybe it was just a, a news report. But a reporter asked a voter, why are you excited to see this victory of Jones over Moore? And the voter says, because we came here all the way from different parts of the country as part of our fellowship, and all of us pitched in together to vote and canvass together, and we got our boy elected. I mean, they said, oh, well, we, we searched this guy out. He's been there for a year already. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, it could be that long-term a, uh, a plot. I, I, I think you're um, onto something. It's just that kind of thing, uh, a multi... Uh, pronged approach to really fundamentally changing the culture and and the cult and it's a very fundamental change that they're after it's this it was as old as the Carnegie Endowment plotting for World War one so that uh, as the most disruptive thing they could think of in their efforts to convert American culture from individualistic to collectivist. And that's what I think this flipping is all about. And the strongholds are the South and the rural regions. Uh, okay, thank you so much. I'm going to go to Janet in Atlanta. Janet on line two. If you give me line two, Crystal, that would be great. Thank you. Hey, Janet, you're on with Monica. Hi, thanks for taking uh, I lost you. Lost you, Janet. Um, that's okay. I'll go to Steve in Auburn on line five. That would be great. Thank you so much. Hey, Steve, you're on with Monica. Hey, yeah. Um, no, it's going to be the left that becomes violent uh, where politics is concerned. That's what uh, Binkley They've was already saying. done it. Uh, they were doing it in 2015. They were doing it in 2016. Um, you know, this whole thing that happened in Charlottesville, if the if the left, if the liberals, the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter had stayed away, there would have been no violence. 
but the police there allowed they stood down. That's what Black Lives Matter to block these people's. You know, I don't care. I don't. I don't agree with them, but they were permitted and they had a right to be there, and they had a permit to use that park. The the police allowed Antifa and Black Lives Matter to block their entrance into the park. And when I say stuff like this, uh, people say I've got a tinfoil hat on, but I, I'm pretty sure Rush Limbaugh said it on this station. No, I know people. No, that not were just there. that, but but that the that the guys on the side of the original marchers were controlled opposition. That these were some of these guys weren't even like the nationalists or white nationalists or whatever. Um, you know what I mean? That there were people on yeah. both sides trying to make this a. Uh, but, uh, like- the Clash. people that were there with AR-15s, they were not Nazis. Those were three percent patriots that were there. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, I and, know something that that, that went. I told them like, you know, guys, this is probably not a smart idea. But they were just standing to the side. Yeah, and I the don't. I watched them get pepper sprayed. Watched the uh, yeah. people were throwing glass bottles with urine. Yeah, if those them. guys turned violent, you would know. <laughs> Because they were the guys with the guns, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, and so what? They've got guns. They have a right to have guns. Yeah, Stay they do. Way. Don't hit them. I'm an you know, absolutist. Don't, don't start a fight with them and you'll be fine, I promise. Yeah, I'm an absolutist <laughs> when it comes to gun rights. I think there's just, uh, the, it would be, yeah, the world would be a safer should, place. If you can afford a howitzer, you should be able to buy a howitzer. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. Of course, <laughs> because our right to guns are I mean, in the Bill of Rights, which is meant... To, Not a lot of people have $300,000 to spend on a piece of artillery, but, you know, whatever. I, but it's meant, the, the whole point of it is meant to keep our, I consider all the Bill of Rights. Now, granted, the Second Amendment does say um, yeah. as a militia, but the point is as a counterpoise to the federal government. So if they have them, we that, should have yeah, them. Yeah, but that was a, prefici- that was a prefatory uh, portion. Yeah. That, that's why we're doing it, not what we're doing. I you agree. Know, the, what we're doing is the most important thing, and it says that, you know, the right of people to keep and bear arms uh, is absolute. And that makes sense to me because only a well-armed populace can ensure that their progeny never are ruled by a despot. I, I was just making the point that, yeah, I agree with you, but I was making the point that it's about the uh, militia. Thank you so much, Steve, for the call. I'm going to go you. to Howard in Powder Springs. Howard on four. Thank you so much. Hey, Howard, uh, you're on with Monica. What you got? Hey, hey, Monica. I just, I just, I, I listened to your show quite a bit uh, going home from work on Saturday. And uh, that caller that you had that said you were uh, provoking the right to violence. I don't know where he came from. I really don't understand these people unless, you know, he needs to pass the crack pipe on down the line. Well, the but, right, the funny thing is that I'm the libertarian. Like I'm, I know you are. You know, like people get mad at me because I'm not right enough. Although other people think I'm so right, I'm just coming back the other side. But you, know, it's, you can't label me. I'm never, ever inciting violence. As he was running his mouth, I was thinking about the playbook from Saul Alinsky, Rules for Radicals. I've read that. Yep. Because what the, what they say, you blame the people of what you're doing. Oh, yes, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. You say, but that's what you're doing. But it's not what you're doing. And that was the exact opposite uh, right. of even what I was saying. But thank you yeah. so much for coming to my defense. I've got to take a quick break. Uh, okay. Let's get to more calls. 800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet God at me bless. at Monica Pershow. Thanks so much, Howard. God bless you. Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 yeah, and yeah, AM 750 yeah. WSB. 
ready to take some more calls on the what's going on in 2018. We did get a little bit of a... Um, I can't take any calls probably right now for a second. I'm having a little trouble with the calls. But uh, so let me just, I see that one of the callers wants to talk about why I'm talking about the um, militia. We were talking about the Second Amendment. We we're actually talking about what happened in Charlottesville and people were there uh, armed at the protest. I personally, although I, I am an absolutist when it comes to the uh the Second Amendment, I'm an absolutist and I don't, the, the, you should absolutely not um, infringe the rights of people to bear arms. I don't think it's a good idea to take them to protests. That's just my opinion. And uh, like Thomas Jefferson thought that University of Virginia, which was his, um, the university he founded, they should not have arms there. I mean, once you're talking, it, you can just have good sense. But I wanted to read the Second Amendment. To you, so you understand what I'm talking about. It says this, a well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, capital S, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. So I would like to read that and say this is really a free state. You know, that's not, they're not talking about the United States. They're talking about the state that you live in and the militia was the um, military unit of the states. So it wasn't the army, it was the militia. So we, I, do we have militia side? I'm sure, I bet Georgia has a militia, right? Uh, anyway, so, but they don't take on that importance that they did before, and they weren't, if I recall correctly, now I wasn't expecting to talk about this, so I haven't brushed up, but if I recall correctly, uh the militia is not allowed to fight overseas and Wilson violated that for World War One, which is probably when that was probably the fait accompli for the militia. And then you had just basically all army. But w let me go see if I can get to that caller who wanted to talk about it. Mike and Marietta, are you uh, are you on? Am I my phones weren't working right? So I might have jumped the gun. Yeah, but let's hear. Uh, yes. Yeah, so what are you saying? Well, I was just going to say, uh, I have always understood it to mean an, a militia being an armed populace, not just a designated group, period. Uh, yeah, I think you, everyone should, yeah, like this, like Switzerland, where you actually are required, exactly. or even Kennesaw. Exactly. So I think uh, they didn't say the right of the militia to keep and bear arms. Right. They said, and for a militia, the right of the people. Uh, to keep and bear arms. So, right. in other words, yeah. everybody is in this thing for themselves. You know, we created this for you. It's up to you to keep it. And so, um, so I'm wholehearted. I mean, I'm with you, and I understood you were saying, uh, you know, that you're uh, uh, believe totally in the Second Amendment. Yes. I just don't want to get people confused that it's just for the militia people. It's for everybody. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. I really like to clarify. I really like to read the amendments to people because, or, or the Constitution, it is so, I went to Stanford Law School, like, you know, I, I went to school for three years to study the law, and... Uh -huh, you're a smart lady. Oh, thank you. But, but you don't need it, is what I'm saying. You just read it. You well, just read it. Supposed to be, well, since you did that, can I just real quick ask you, are we not supposed to be reading the law under Black's Law? I mean, I mean aren't we supposed to understand? the law through plain English rather than having to go through legalese. I personally tell us what it means. I think that's absolutely we should. I, I think there's no question. I think I do think 
that if you look back at what the debates were that led to the laws, I think right. that is important and relevant, and I'll tell you why. It is a legal principle that if you have no meeting of the minds, you have no contract. And if this is supposed to be a contract, we needed to understand it as it was being sold to us. So if somebody right. goes back and says, well, that's not what the words say, if that's what we were sold, that's what we agreed to, and that's the only thing that's valid about the contract. But in my experience, if you read the words of the Constitution, and I do a lot, you do get to uh, the, the meaning. Straight up, right. it's easy to understand. Right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, you have Mike. A great, happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. you too. Uh, I am going to go to Leonard in Monroe. Hi, Leonard. You're on with Monica. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Great. Hey, I wanted to bring bring the bear the the alt right and and the all and the uh, far left are closer together than the than the conservatives in the middle. Tell me. The the alt right believe in blood and soil so they think you should have these rights from somewhere and because you come from some country or because of your blood where the uh leonard i'm losing you but let me say i will just pick up on one thing i have noticed that we're being sold things i i've got this uh i'm annoyed by the infrastructure plan um, I, I don't I think it's unconstitutional that the federal government should even build roads. I don't like it. We can totally get into that. Boy, I could talk about that for hours. I'm not sure it's it, what everybody considers to be the most interesting thing, but I'm interested in it. Very constitutional. But it's but when we talk about the government as a business, the government stimulating economy, that's fascism. And if you talk about the government running everything, that's communism. I don't want fascism or communism. They're both just saying we are going to use the government uh, for you for you. And what does that mean? And and uh, if you're the person who needs fiscal security because you're broke, you like the left. If you want physical security because you're rich, maybe that that you want to maybe you're on the right and want the government for that. But I'm a libertarian. I'm a capitalist. I believe in our founding principles. I believe in the contract that it's written out in the Constitution and all that. I really do. And uh, and I feel like we're kind of lost when when we all seem to agree that big government is necessary and now what are we going to use it for i don't stipulate that i'm i i I feel like it's just about a lost cause but uh i'm not giving up and i do um so anyway that's we've got so much more that i want to talk about on these topics so uh let's keep taking calls 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk you can tweet at me at monica perez show uh, it is uh, forecast to be partly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 40, so it's going to get colder. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, also, WSB is the home of the dogs with the play-by-play of the Rose Bowl Monday and all the coverage leading up to it. Coverage from Pasadena begins at 11 a.m. New Year's Day on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. So, that should be super fun and exciting. But these, um, what's happening in 2018, I think you can see a lot of it is continuation of what's happened in the past. But uh, I think it's important for us to watch out for it, especially to the extent that we make inroads, uh, that the totalitarians make inroads on our right. So let's keep that conversation going. Coming up next, this is Monica Perez. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.